Well, I tell you, it is just an absolute joy, as Jeff had said, to worship and to spend some time together this Sunday in fellowship. Uh, it, uh, I tell you what, Alaska has made... See, hold on a second. Oh, there it is. That Alaska has made uh, a wonderful first impression on me, I have to admit. You know, coming in on Tuesday, which I believe to be your whole summer... Was, uh, was remarkable. I mean, it was spectacular uh, and really, uh, really enjoy it. I mean, again, you guys see it all the time. Uh, guys like me who live in nothing but concrete and stucco uh, and uh, lots of cactus that to be able to see the kind of beauty uh, that you are surrounded by, it's just, it's humbling. It's just, you, you can't help but recognize how small you are and just the vastness of creation. And then to be reminded that, that the God of the universe, who's created all of those things, is mindful of us. Who are we that God would be mindful of us in the midst of all of this greatness? It is true, though, and even in the midst of all of these beautiful things that uh, um, myself and my family have just had the excuse to be able to enjoy as we've come out here to, to serve and be a part of what's happening here at Anchorage Grace, it really is uh, the people that make all of that uh, so blessed and enjoying, right? And especially uh, when you're with Pete and Sandy Johnson and, and those guys, it's like, uh, it's a remarkable experience because, and you know this, right? When you get out in the outdoors and you're by yourself, it's different than when you do it with people. That there's something about the, the, the vastness of it all and the experience that, that you enjoy it more. You, you experience it more richly and deeply because when you're in the context of other people, you're able to join alongside them, to be able to see things or experience things that, that you weren't able to see and experience on your own. You're able to laugh and enjoy and see perspective and, and to honestly that there's a sense of safety too, isn't there? That there's something about human relationships that is so incredibly powerful. It's, uh, it's distinct of the human experience. I mean, certainly, right? I mean, the, you know, the moose and the eagle, they, they, all, they all have a sense of awareness. I mean, certainly the spider, when he's on the, uh, the web, he knows that there's another spider there, and he knows the difference between a spider and a, and a fly. But he doesn't have the capacity that humans have, like when we're at a birthday party. That when we get there, we have a sense of who we are and whose birthday it is and where the other people relate to one another and when you have cake and when you're not supposed to and so on. You know, when we look in the mirror, we see ourselves. But when a parakeet looks in a mirror, it sees another parakeet. So there's something unique about what it means to be human that is distinctly relational. What it means to be an image bearer, that means the, the human capacity to be able to uh, reflect, to be able to proclaim uh, who God is that is different than anything else in the created order. So if you take uh, the beautiful spruce tree and the, and the lakes and the clouds and the animals and all of those things, you line them all up that humanity distinctly reflects the image of God differently than anything else. And one of those capacities 
The ways in which that we as humanity are able to reflect the image of God more so than anything else in the created order is our ability to have relationships. To know and to be known is a unique and distinct human capacity that has been given to us by God himself. So what a wonderful opportunity that is you've all gathered together to be able to think about and to reflect uh, in faithfulness out of Hebrews 10, 24, and 25 that we're gathering together to consider how to encourage one another towards love and good deeds according to God's word. Today, I want us to consider and to reflect upon our nature and, and capacity, and yea, verily, our calling to be in relationship. Now I know when I, when I talk about relationships, the, the room is, is a little bit divided, right? I mean, there's, there's half of us that are like, yes, we get to talk about relationships. I love relationships. And others of you, you're pit sweating right now because you're like, I, I just, I had a mini panic attack when I had to shake somebody's hand in the middle of the service, right? But that's okay. That wherever you are in the spectrum, of relationships and engagement, we all know that there is a beauty and there is a distinct experience of our flourishing that happens in the context of relationship. And wherever you are in that today, my hope is is that you will both be encouraged and also uh, be able to maybe experience in new ways what it means to truly be human. Can I ask the Lord to help us now? Uh, as we look to his word and reflect together uh, on this wonderful topic, let me pray. Lord, I ask that you would open up the eyes of our hearts to see you today through your word as we think biblically about what it means to be human and how that relates to our relationships. Pray that you would bless our time together here in the name of Jesus. Amen. I'm, uh, I was, uh, really enjoyed our time together uh, speaking with our, uh, our married couples and uh, some of our singles and even those that are just uh, dating and a part of different relationships to think about just the dynamics of what those relationships are in marriage. And, and it's really built off of kind of the main point was is that, that marriage and the capacities that we have are not other than the capacities that we have and the calling that we have in the New Testament. That what it means to be married is, is a covenant relationship uh, with, with another and a spouse to be able to live out holistically what we're all called to do in different capacities of our relationships, but to be able to do that in an exclusive and an intimate way with your spouse. That our capacity and calling to be in relationships uh, is something that involves all of our relationships, whether that be your friends, your family, your children, and even your spouse. That there's not an otherness, but rather more and distinct expressions of the same capacity. So as we think about relationships, I want to draw us theologically. Now, I am going to take a little bit of liberty here because you're at Anchorage Grace and you're at a place that holds high God's word. You are sitting under such rich and wonderful teaching. So today we're going to think theologically, and we're going to kind of uh, 
move together and thread together theological terms and, and passages so that we might come to a holistic understanding theologically about relationships and then make some practical applications as to uh, what your afternoon is going to look like, okay? So let's jump in and think about understanding relationships the- theologically. First and foremost, the observation that we want to make uh, in the Bible is this, is that we were, meaning humanity, was created for relationships. That relationships wasn't an afterthought in the created order. And we can see that uh, out of Genesis 1.27. It states there that God created man in our image. That term, our image, means that, that, the, that the way in which that humanity was to reflect the image of God is actually in relationship. Humanity is in relationship and has the capacity as an image bearer because God is in relationship. The Trinitarian relationship of God himself, that being three undivided persons in one divine essence, that in order for us to reflect the image of God, we too should be in relationship. As kind of a fun footnote, if you notice, that in the garden, in the created order, everything was good except for one thing, that man was alone. You see, because humanity was created, humanity as a creation was created as male and female. That what it means to be human had to be created in male and female in relationship in order to be able to communicate the dynamics of what it means to be an image bearer. And this was before even the institution of marriage was inaugurated. That God has created humanity to be in relationship. And so therefore, the only thing that was not good is that man was alone. And so relationships are not some sort of afterthought in the mind of God, but rather it is by specific design. So you can see it, can't you? You can see that what it means to be a human is that you have this immense capacity for relationship. In some ways, that's what what draws ourselves to it. But you're probably asking yourself, if we were created for relationship in order to reflect the image of God that helps us in our human flourishing, why in the world are relationships so hard, right? I mean, why why are they such a pain, I mean, if you think about it, like probably the worst pain and hardships in your life are not the fact that you have to, I learned you got to plug in your car in the winter. Gee whiz, right? Like not that that kind of hardship, right? But the hardships in your life are actually people. People are the people who are hard, that people. You're like, wait a minute. If I was created for relationships, why in the world are relationships so hard? Well, the answer again is in the Bible and in the created narrative that in Genesis 3.10, it talks about that, that sin entered into the garden. That in Adam and Eve's disobedience against God's commands, that sin entered into the garden and what happened instantly? The first effect of sin in the world is that it separated Adam and Eve. Before they were naked and they weren't ashamed, but once sin entered, they hid from each other. It separated them relationally. And it also separated them in relationship with God, that they hid from each other and then together they hid from God. That there's a brokenness and an angst in relationship that happens because of sin. 
As a matter of fact, it was sin that separates so much that even seeks to destroy others. And we can see that when Cain killed Abel. That sin, it's not, it's not society, it's not your family, it's not your upbringing, it's not what's happening in the parking lot that makes relationships hard. Relationships in the end are difficult and hard, not because of what, out, what is out there, but rather, the Bible says, it's what's in here. It's our hearts. As a matter of fact, the pain that we feel in loneliness the hardship and the angst of relationships and strains, the reason why we feel those things is because we know that we've been created to be in relationship and something's not right. But praise to the Lord Jesus Christ that he has has an answer to that. Just like with, within sin, that there is an answer, that there is hope, that there is promise and a way to live in relationship that has been restored and praise the Lord that it comes through the person and work of Jesus Christ. That if you look back in that created order in Genesis 3.15, one of the most remarkable promises, kind of the B-side of the created order, but there's this promise that's embedded in in, uh, Genesis 3.15 that makes the promise that one day that there will come a Savior that will right all wrongs and put Satan in his place and will rule the world with perfect justice and truth and holiness. And the promise, the fulfillment of that promise is in the person and work of Jesus Christ. Do you remember Ephesians 2? Do you remember Ephesians 2 when when the promises of redemption come and that it comes that Jesus comes to bring those who are far off and to bring them together? That which what was separated then can come together through the person and work of Jesus Christ. And now because of Jesus Christ, we now belong not only to him, but to each other. There are so many people around the world that try to bond together. Have you ever noticed that? Like they try to grab a people and it's usually like through hashtags or bumper stickers or like some sort of t-shirt, right? Or maybe you buy a motorcycle, right? All of a sudden you're trying to like bond people together, but it never really works, right? Because you can't be reconciled to another person until you're first and foremost reconciled to God. That's what the Bible states in in 2 Corinthians 5.14, one of my favorite passages in the New Testament. It says that because of what Jesus has done, because he died and now we live, we have the capacity to no longer think of ourselves, but to think of others. Do you remember Romans 6, where it says that when Christ died, we died, and when he rose, we rose, that therefore we were no longer enslaved to sin, but rather slaves to righteousness? When we were outside of Christ, we had nothing else to do but to think of ourselves. But it wasn't until that we were redeemed that we had a heart of stone that was replaced by a heart of flesh because of the person and work of Jesus Christ now gives me the capacity to be able to think of others more important than myself and to be able to move towards them, to be able to experience them. That's why Matthew 22, 34 through 40, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength doesn't end there. But it actually moves into then what? The continuum of how do you live that out? By loving your neighbor. 
The way in which that you love and your reconciliation to God has given you a capacity now through the work of Jesus Christ to renew your broken, sinful heart, to be able to care for others. And that is a primary relationship that comes out of that reality. You're not not meant to live in isolation and that Christ has brought you into reconciliation with him so that you might be able to live that out. Now, here's the best part. Is that now as the people of God, that we now belong to one another. Not just that we've been united to Christ, but now we are now united to one another because our unity and our identity is actually the same. That's why the Bible describes our capacity to be able to relate to one another in such distinct terms. Romans 12, 1 through 8 talks about that. It actually says that that because of Romans 1 through 11 and the work and the person of Jesus Christ, that chapter 12 says that we're to live out our lives as living sacrifices, and we're supposed to do that in the context of relationships. Why? Because we're members of one another. We are literally one with one another because of our identity in Jesus Christ. That's why the Bible talks about it in 1 Corinthians 12, as well as other passages, speaks about that the people of God are the body of Christ. You can't get more specific or graphic, candidly, than that. That we are connected to one another. Not only in do we have the capacity to relate to one another, but we actually have the calling in belonging to one another as the people of God. As much as a hand and a foot and a head are interdependent and connected together, so too are you and I because of the redemptive work of Christ who is now our life and identity. That's what it means to keep in step with the unity of the Spirit is that we are one together. You know what that also means? Is that I belong to you more so than even my own flesh and blood that does not know Jesus. Because of our union that we have in Jesus Christ and our capacity and belonging to relate to one another, that I can know and be known by you, and you can be known and be known with me in a way and a capacity that is supernaturally empowered that those who don't know Jesus do not have the capacity to enjoy. Certainly, can they have fun relationships and fishing buddies and those things? Absolutely. But they cannot taste of what it means to truly belong outside of being reconciled to God. That's why Acts 2.42, it talks about, remember, in those, it kind of blows your mind a little bit that they were buying and selling property and caring for people and that they were living together and they were sharing all of their belongings. Why? Because they were all one together. That it was one entity. It was one body. It was one family. It was one people. In Hebrews 3 and And Galatians 6 talks about that there comes responsibility to that. That it's not just the people who are around you that you sit next to them. You're like, yeah, we kind of come together in this awkward Thanksgiving dinner every Sunday that we call church. But that we actually belong. We care for one another. We we serve. We give. We we belong. and, And that also includes speaking truth to one another. Have you ever thought about why the calling to confront sin or to admonish one another, why those passages are there in Hebrews 3 and Galatians 6? Is because we know, because we love one another so much, that we know that the impact of sin is going to separate you. 
It's going to separate you from God, and it's going to separate you from the family and the people of God. And we know that that is, that that is the death roll of your existence as a human being. And so we call you back to the truth. We call you back into belonging. We call you back into relationship. Why? Not because it's the right thing to do, but rather because we love you, because you are ours and we are yours. That kind of relationship can only happen within the the body of believers. Now, as you look at the New Testament, there's so many examples of that. There's, There's all the one another's of Scripture. The ones that you hear about all the time, you know, uh, they have different categories like loving one another and valuing one another, sacrificing for one another, sanctifying one another, reconciling one another. All of these one another's, there's 52 of them in the New Testament. All of those are dynamics of how we can relate to one another. So it's not only our capacity to relate because of our reconciliation with God, but now we have a calling to relate. Here's something to consider. I don't know if you ever thought about this before. But that when we talk about what it means to walk in the Spirit, the the actual fruit of the Spirit, meaning the evidence of or the expression of what it means to be a Christ follower who's reconciled to God, all of those fruits of the Spirit, you remember them? They're all interpersonal. It means that your capacity to live out what it means to be a Christian is created to be in the context of relationship. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control. That those, those dynamics are happening in there. So the main big idea is this, is that what it means to be a Christian is not to live in isolation or in independence. Even in the vast frontier of Alaska, which is like, kind of like you're, you know, it's like everybody wants it, you know, independent and I'm out here and it's just me. It's just, you're not created to do that. And for those of you who've ever been out in the wilderness, you take a lot of effort to make sure that you have a lot of equipment because if you get stuck out there, you're going to need help. Why? Because you're not created to live independently. You're not created to be by yourself but rather you've been, you've been created to be in relationship and because of sin, you're able to be restored in relationship with Jesus Christ. So then, so then your relationships now have purpose. They have design, they have context and calling and that purpose in our relationship is to magnify the glory of God. That's it. You've been designed and have been called into relationship and in this people, not just so that you can have a buddy to go fishing with, but somebody that you can then relate to that puts on the glory of God unlike anything else in the created order. Think about that. That our capacity to love and to care for one another puts on display the glory of God unlike anything else in the created order. Have you ever thought about how bizarre this group of people is? I mean, again, I'm new here. I probably shouldn't say that, but have you ever thought about that? I mean, if somebody who doesn't know Jesus walks into this room and goes, why are all of these people all here? There's no reason if you think about it, right? Ethnicity, age, gender, experience, life. There's nothing that should bind us all together. Pickleball certainly doesn't do that. But it's Jesus. 
When somebody walks into this room, they realize that what binds our hearts together, why we care for one another, why we move towards one another, is because we're living out our capacity and, yea, verily, our calling, that we are those who follow Jesus. And that puts Jesus on display in a world that is irreconciled and in chaos. That's why John 13, 34 says that people will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. I love 1 John 4, 12, where it says that no one has ever seen God, but when we love one another, his love is completed in us. Meaning that when we love each other, that it puts God on display. People see God by how his people relate in unity with one another as he himself is in unity with himself. That's why Matthew 28, 19, go therefore and make disciples of all the nations that all of that high call is not not communicating, but rather interpersonal. Go, make disciples, stay with them and teach them all things until the day that I return. It's all interpersonal. It's all in the context and relationship. That is your purpose. Why? Because you've been created to display the image of God through your capacity to relate to one another. And especially in this day and age, when sin is breaking up relationships, when you have restored relationships, and especially somebody who's not even like you is in there together displays the image of God. Do you remember? Golly, do you remember the first time when somebody moved towards you? When somebody thought of you? Cared for you? Saw you? Heard you? And you asked yourself the question, why? Why would you take an interest in me? Why would you pursue me? And in the end, what you know and you've come to find is the reason why they do is because of Christ has reconciled them. And they want you to taste of that as well. The completion of every joy that we have is fulfilled when we share that with another. Whether that be a beautiful picture, whether that be a melody of a song, or in my case, a wonderful breakfast burrito. All of those things. My joy is complete when I experience something and then I share it with you. Jimmy Dean's, it's off Lions Avenue. Fantastic. They have chili down the middle. It's fantastic. How much more so for us to be able to share and to delight in the completion of our relationship with Jesus Christ that we get to experience it in time and space with another believer in their hearts as well as ours. You know, if you think about it and you, and you look at those things, I want to read the, the completion of those things in John 17. This is Christ um, speaking of his priestly prayer and, and praying this to God the Father and, and listen in as God the Son is praying to God the Father and speaking of this capacity for us to be related to one another and how that relates to our purpose and our calling. John 17, starting in verse 20, says this, Jesus speaking says, I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word that they may all be one, just as you, Father, 
are in me and I in you, so that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given to me, that I have given to them, that they may be one even as we are one. Do you hear the purpose there? Do you hear the calling and capacity there? Do you hear the distinct nature of what it means to be human and to be redeemed and to be able to experience those things? That should transform every single area of your life and specifically when you walk into this building on a Sunday morning. It's an opportunity to be able to do that. So with that in mind, I want to give a bit. You're like, yeah, Joe, I got it. Jeff talks about that all the time. Thanks for reviewing that. Got it. You had me at hello. So now what? Well, let's talk about a little bit about what are some of the implications. So I thought I'd give you some tips, okay? Some tips and some helpful things. If you want to invest in these kinds of relationships, what are some, what are some ways where, where we can start to apply those things? Does that sound good? Are we good? Jeff said I had two hours to preach today. Is that true? So I just, we're going to start now. We're going to have popsicles uh, later at about five. So we'll be set. Here's, a, here's some ideas. Here's some thoughts. Now, I'm sure if we had time to be able to engage that there are other expressions, but here are a handful that I hope would be of encouragement to you today. Here's the first one. If you want to develop relationships, to live out your calling, like a bird is called to fly, like a fish is called to swim, so too human beings who have been redeemed are called to be in relationships, okay? So if you want to express that, you want to work those things out, here's some things. Here's the first one, okay? For those of you keeping notes, here's the first one. Find your people. Find your people. Relationships um, are designed. They are, they, are, they are assigned, that they are chosen. Some people think that relationships just kind of like happen. They don't just happen. They're intentional, and they have purpose. So, so find your people. Think about all the areas of your life because you can't be in relationship with everybody, right? That's exhausting. But you can be in relationship. So the question becomes, how do you prioritize those relationships? Think about all the different areas that you're in. You're, you're here at church and maybe your fellowship group. Uh, you have a school, uh, maybe a, a school uh, fellowship or family set you around. The, I mean, for all the hours that some of the families spend in the dome over the winter, right? All of those families, like there are people around you. Uh, what are the ways in which uh, maybe in your neighborhoods uh, or, or in another context, think about all the people that are there and then, and then assign, I'm going to choose you. When I have the opportunity to reach out, I'm going to reach out to you first. When I'm at a party, I'm going to say hello to you first. When I'm calling to invite someone to move over, I'm going to call and I'm going to assign to you first. When I have a birthday party, you're the ones who I'm going to invite. That those are the people, that's, that's the way in which that you kind of say, okay, out of all of them, these are the ones that we want to, want to choose. And so then when you, then you want to be able to find context by which you can be present with the people who, you, uh, who are yours. So if they're all coming here on a Sunday morning, you're coming on a Sunday morning. If you're, if you're, if you're deciding to go somewhere, that you're, you're present in those things. You can't develop relationships with your people if you're not with your people, right? And we all know from COVID that Zoom doesn't count, does it? So as you think about that, you got to find your people. That's the first one. Here's the next one that I want to present to you is, um, is talk. 
talk to people, <laughs> like, like converse with them, uh, uh, spend time, ask good questions, engage with them. Uh, that, that in order for you to know people, you really do have to take the discipline to be able to talk, to engage, and, and to do those things. It's a, God's revealed himself to us through conversation, that he's moved towards us, that we can listen to him, that he talks to us, and we can model that kind of relationship with others, listening to people thoughtfully, speaking clearly and, and truthfully and, and winsomely. To be able to engage with one another is the way in which that our hearts are opened up. The ability and the skill to ask a good open-ended question of your friend is a blessedness of what it means to be human to be able to hear a thought that you hadn't thought of before, to be able to help you to think about how you think in a context of friendship on what it means to grow and to learn and follow Jesus Christ is a wonderful expression of life. And so as you think about those things, you gotta gotta kinda get good at it. And not everybody's good at talking. Can we just admit that? Not everybody's good at talking, okay? I mean, I know some of these guys, they're so smooth. Like these like, you know, Learjet, Rolex wearing, you know, they kind of move in super smooth. They walk into a party, you know, and they just like, they know, they look you in the eye, you know. So I like, I feel like I'm Porky Pig, you know. I'm like, hey, I'm a little, you know, just kind of moving around. I got guacamole dip on my beard, you know, that kind of thing. I'm like, hey, what'd you do on Thursday? So it's like, there's a little bit of a, there's a little bit of a skill, right, that happens there. And so by way of helping a buddy of mine, we were talking about, what are the dynamics of conversation and how can we grow in them? And so we came, we came up with this very silly illustration called the cheeseburger of conversation. And I give it to you as a gift all the way from California, okay? So the cheeseburger of conversation, okay? And this is a way in which you can identify conversation and to be able to identify areas that you need to grow in and also maybe areas that you need to move in in relationships that you have around you. Here's, um, here's the, the cheeseburger of conversation, okay? First, there's the top bun, okay? There's the top bun of this cheeseburger. It's the top bun. And that's like, that's chit-chat, right? It's chit-chat. The weather, right? You know, like, you know, how the, how the sports teams are doing, you know, whatever kind of new thing that cross-threaded you on Fox News, you know, whatever that is, right? Like up here, right? This is just chit-chat, chit-chat stuff, right? You're just talking about those kinds of things. And, and that's good, right? Chit-chat is an art, it's delightful. It just kind of warms people up. You're just, it's very safe, and it's just it's nice. It's the, it's the top of the bun. Then there's, then there's kind of the meaty part, right? That's the meat and cheese, you know, the lettuce, tomato, all the stuff that's inside, that's inside. That's, that part is, uh, is the part of conversation where you move beyond just the facts to what those facts mean. Why? Why, why, do you, why did you choose Grace School? Um, how, um, how did you decide to come up here to Alaska? What are, what are some of the things that, that, are, that are challenging when, when you think about the, the kids' sports? Or, or why, uh, this is my favorite, I can usually have a conversation just about everybody when, when I ask them, um, what are you watching on Netflix right now? You can talk to anybody. You can talk to anybody. You just go, hey, what are you watching right now? What's your favorite show? Because everybody wants a good show, right? Everybody wants one. But you can't watch everything, so hopefully somebody's made the mistake of watching the wrong thing and found something to watch the right thing, and then they tell you about it, right? You're like, oh, man, what are you watching? Oh, I'm watching. And then you go, instead, that's kind of top bunny stuff, right? Then, then you move into, you go, so why do you like it? What is it about that that, that you enjoy? 
What, what about that storyline that, 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 that you found most intriguing? Do you see how it moved from just the chit-chat to then the why moving into the heart a little bit more, right? That's, that's that, that meaty part. That's that middle part of conversation. And then there's the bottom bun, okay, the bottom bun of conversation. That's the, that's the part where, you, where you're sharing your fears, your fears, your struggles, your confessions, your deep desires, those things that are very personal to you, maybe even, maybe even um, concerning or embarrassing, the, the moments of the deepest part of your heart that you're not saying out loud to anyone, but you wish that somebody would hear you, those kinds of things in the bottom bun. And that's, that's really the three kinds of conversation that you have. And, and have, you ever, <laughs> have you ever met somebody that when you first meet them, they go straight to the bottom bun? Have you ever met those people? You're like, hey, how are you doing? How are you doing? I'm like, whoa, hold on. Let's just, let's like kind of eat through it, you know, let's kind of make our way through there. And, and that's happening. And then there are other people where you've, you've known them for 30 years and they haven't gotten past the top bun. You're waiting for them to ask a follow-up question. You even wonder, do they even care about what you think, right? And everything in between. And so talking and building relationships is this beautiful art and skill to be able to move appropriately and to move winsomely in each one of those areas to be able to get the whole person in your relationships. So as you think about your people, think about what, what, where are you in those conversations? You might find that you look at your people and you know what? I've, I've had these conversations and I've never moved into kind of that middle part of conversation with them. You know what? The next time I see them, I'm going to think about one thoughtful follow-up question that I'm going to ask them. Or you know what? Here's another friend that, that I have and I've never, we've had the opportunity to move forward and, and I think it's time for them, for them to be able to, I'm going to move into like that really, I'm going to ask that question that's going to move into the heart. Or... You have a relationship with someone and that you would share and welcome somebody to be able to think through maybe those bottom bun type conversations. Can you see that in your mind? Can you see the different kinds of relationships? Maybe even now you're thinking through your people and you're like, yeah, maybe I should ask Sanjit to out to coffee or, or maybe I can ask these follow-up questions or maybe I heard somebody ask me a question and I dodged it. Maybe I'll follow up and actually give them an opportunity because I see that they're trying to move towards me and they're trying to live that out, right? Here's another one that I want to think about is, is being intentional, being intentional. Memories are made. Friends are made. You have to be intentional about finding places to be able to connect. That's why my understanding is here at Anchorage Grace that, that you have fellowship groups on the opposite hour. And, and that's designed by purpose so that you can move from the big box into another context where you can be able to have more of these kinds of relationships. To, to be intentional, to say, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to invite somebody to come over uh, while we're doing these kinds of things. I'm going to be intentional about, uh, about texting. Here's, here's one of these things I do. It's so silly, but it builds friendship. I have this thing called thinking of you texts. It's, I know, I know. Again, you're like, really? We got up this morning, Joe, to hear thinking of you texts, but it's, uh, you know, you think about your friends all the time, right? No. Are you with me? Did I lose all of you? Am I alone up here? No, okay, we're here. So, you know those, you know when you think about your friends, you know, like silly stuff, like you see a sign or you, you know, you, you see like a car that reminds you or whatever, you know those moments you have? So what I do is I take a picture of it. I take a picture of it and I just send them a text that says, thinking of you. It's just silly, just little things. But what does that do? It just, it's an intentional way to say, I know you, 
you mean something to me. I'm thinking of you, and I'm making an intentional effort to stay connected with you. You know, sometimes you pray for your friends. Like this morning, the elders and leaders, they were praying for the people of the church, and you want to know what they did? They wrote a little note that said, hey, prayed for you. Just to be intentional about letting them know that there's relationship there. There's something to be able to do that. What does that look like? What's the intentional thing, right? That, that being able to do that, when you're going and doing things, I have a philosophy that I think that you should, all, you should never do anything by yourself unless you want to or you have to, right? Other than that, you should invite people. Have them come over. Uh, if you're going to Target, there's a, there's a friend of ours. When she goes to, when, when she goes to Costco, she always, <laughs> she always calls us. She's a single, she's a, a single adult. And every time she goes to Costco, she calls us and asks us if we need anything. You want to know why she's doing that? Because she wants to be a part in relationship. She knows that we have a family and who, who can't not go to Costco, right? I mean, right? She's like, hey, I'm going to Costco, and I'm thinking of you. Hey, is there something I can pick you up from Costco? And so we made a connection. We were able to chit-chat for a little bit and hear about how her day was. And then a couple hours later, I had a bag of russet potatoes on my back porch, right? But those ordinary moments can be extraordinary if you're intentional about them. Here's a couple more, and then we'll be done. The next one that I want you to think about uh, is, is this idea, is serve somebody. Serve somebody. If you want to develop relationships, serve them. Do you remember the first time when somebody served you, how that communicated the beauty of what it means to belong, how you felt loved and cared for? Man, to be able to serve somebody, to see a need and to meet a need, that's a great way to develop relationships. And for those of us who serve, and for those of you who serve so faithfully, you know, you know that actually it's not even the service, but it's the people who you're serving alongside that you grow in relationship with. Even people who are totally different than you, you find companionship with because you both have a common goal. You're able to serve together alongside one another. You're able to grow in your friendship. If you want to grow in relationships, be a part and serve somebody. And there are so many opportunities here at Anchorage Grace for you just to be able to serve and to be there. And to do that with an effort to be intentional about building and sustaining and developing relationships that flourishes your heart and proclaims the glory of God. Here's the last one. Don't give up. Don't give up. But there are certainly seasons of friendship, right? There are seasons where where you might be connected to some and then then other seasons they move away or other different uh, um, relationships that, that move in and out of time and of proximity. And that's okay. It's okay. And there are certainly times where relationships are hard, where they're strained, where you have to work harder in life and to think through those things. And, and, it's, uh, and it can be difficult. But I tell you that you're not at without hope because you know that relationships and pursuing them, that you have both the calling and capacity to be able to do them, unlike people who don't know Jesus. And you can trust in him as you, that he's not going to be mocked, that as you serve in the spirit, that you are going to be able to reap in the spirit. So think about that. Think about your relationships. And maybe even today, I think, as why of our last application, I think that you should have at least several of these kinds of people in your life. As you're thinking about, okay, Joe, got it. I want to invest in relationships. Think about this categorically. 
First and foremost, that you should have somebody in your life that's older than you. Somebody in your life that's older than you. Who do you have in your life that's older than you, that's walked with Jesus a little bit longer, and, and they're a part of your people? Another one that you should have in your life is somebody who's younger than you. Somebody that you can invest in. Somebody that you can care for that's younger than you. Uh, to be able to, uh, to build relationship, to help them to grow into Christ-likeness. Certainly, you should have somebody who's your peer. Just enjoying friendships and peers, you should have that also in your life. And then finally, you should pick somebody who's hard. Somebody who maybe is a little bit harder to, to get to know. Somebody who's harder to serve. Just, just one of them that's in your life that's, that's a little bit hard. And some of you are going to go, am I your hard person? You know, <laughs> am I the one that's hard? By the way, I'm the peer, right? I'm not the hard one, right? Um, but I think that as we think about here as a body of believers, if we have those kinds of relationships in our life, that it's empowered by the work of Jesus Christ, that we're going to be able to flourish in what it means to be human for our joy and ultimately for God's glory. And that's really why you were created as an image bearer. And we're going to be spending some time now to move towards a time of communion. Let me close our time and ask the Lord to bless our reflection on his word as we go to a time of unity together uh, on the Lord's table. Let me pray. Lord, I, I ask that you would help us would you help us to, to move beyond maybe our inhibitions, to be able to see the beauty of relationships in new and better ways even today because of the promises of your word? Lord, would you bring to mind people who have modeled that for us, that have moved towards us with, with a supernatural ability that, that inspires us to be able to live life no longer in isolation but in community? And Lord, would you make this place for the sake of the people here in Anchorage, as well as your testimony around the world, would this be a place of belonging and relationship? Might we strive towards that end? Lord, I want to thank you for the blessed people here at Anchorage Grace that have modeled that to me, even my short time here, that have expressed in service and in care and pursuit that has been such a blessedness to my heart and my family's heart. And so I pray that you bless them for that. We pray all these things now in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.